leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. The leader knows the way, the leader goes the way, and the leader shows the way. That's what my friend Dr. John Maxwell says. Welcome to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast, a podcast designed to come alongside you and help you become the leader you were created to be. On this episode, we're going to discover how to create a culture of leadership development. And we're going to do so by looking at three characteristics of leaders who develop leaders and then six steps to creating that culture of leadership development. We're going to take a look today at a great leader, a man by the name of Paul. Uh, We know him also as the Apostle Paul. He writes in 2 Timothy to a young man that he raised up as a leader, that he poured into, that he developed as a leader. And he says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And then he goes on and says, Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all these things. Paul is calling Timothy, and he's calling us as leaders, to live generationally. In other words, to live beyond our generation, but to live into other generations by developing leaders. And to live as a multiplier. Many people lead, but they never multiply. Uh, Some leaders actually subtract, or some leaders even divide, or, or they may add something, but In order to be a leader that has lasting impact, we must live generationally and live as a multiplier. And we do so by being very intentional about pouring time and effort into leaders. And when we pour into other leaders, they will pour into other leaders who will pour into other leaders. You see, as a leader, you're either raising up followers or you're raising up leaders. When you raise up followers, you just have people who follow you. But when you raise up leaders, you have people who will reach others and you become a multiplier. Let's take a quick look at the three characteristics uh, that are given to us by illustration here in this passage. Uh, The first is that of a soldier. And he talks about how a soldier doesn't get entangled in the things of the world, but the soldier wants to please uh, his commanding officer. Uh, It's the idea of the word of resilience or perseverance or tenacity. It's the no-quit attitude. It's I'm going to keep doing what I do until victory is secured. And as a leader, in order to develop other leaders who will develop other leaders, in other words, developing a uh, leadership development culture, we must be people who don't quit, and we're living in a time when many leaders are quitting. Many are walking away. Some aren't walking away, but they're no longer leading. We need resilience as a soldier. The second characteristic that we're given here is the illustration of an athlete. 
And it talks about not just we think often of an athlete as the discipline and preparation, and that's important. But also the word that we're looking for here is integrity because an athlete can be disciplined, an athlete can prepare, but if an athlete doesn't do it according to the rules, then they will be disqualified and they will not win the prize. Well, we have some rules that have been lined out by the God that created us of how to live and how to lead and how to develop other leaders in the most successful way. And as we live and lead as leaders and people of integrity, then we will raise up other leaders who will be people of integrity, who will raise up other leaders who will be people of integrity. The third illustration is that of a hardworking farmer. And a hardworking farmer, they don't quit when planting season's going on. They're out there laboring. They're Even before that, they're preparing the field. And then during harvest season, they're literally out there 24-7 until the harvest is done. And so what I'm looking for here is the, is the idea of our work ethic, having a strong work ethic. If we are going to create a leadership development culture, a culture where leaders are developed, then we must lead the way by being hard workers, a strong work ethic. So you got resilience, like a soldier, integrity, like an athlete who competes according to the rules and wins the prize, and you got the work ethic, hard work of a farmer. Now let's take a look at six steps to creating a culture of leadership development. This is a model that I learned in my early days of ministry and leadership from my mentor, Dr. Gary Johnson. Recently, I've been reminded of it through my friend, Dr. John Maxwell, as a member of the Maxwell Leadership Team, and most recently by Pastor Chris Hodges, where I attended uh, the Grow Leader Conference at his church in Alabama. This model is also what is demonstrated in the life, the leadership, and the ministry of the Apostle Paul, and in the life, leadership, and ministry of Jesus Christ. Remember, John Maxwell says, everything I ever learned about leadership, I learned from the Bible. Well, let's take a look at the six steps to creating a culture of leadership development. Number one is, I do it. In other words, I model. I'm a model. I'm an example. I'm a pattern to follow. As, as Paul told to Timothy, the things that you've seen and heard from me, in other words, that's where he got it from, then you do those things. Someone once said, we teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. We teach what we know, but we reproduce who we are. So I do it, I model. It's very difficult to develop a team member to do something or a leader if we're not willing to do it ourselves. Don't ask people to do things that you're not doing yourself things that you haven't done, and things that you're not willing to do if they need to be done. People first follow the person, and then they follow the plan. And so the question is, is are you, am I, are we a person that people want to follow? There's three things that make us a great model. The first one is clarity. In other words, we are very clear on what we expect and we are very clear on what we expect as someone that is being developed as a leader. There's clarity of clarity of vision, clarity of instruction, clarity in mentoring. The second thing is, is consistency. In other words, we, people know what they're going to get. They, they know 
that as a leader, that we're consistent. They don't have to walk on eggshells around us, thinking that, boy, at this moment, is he in a good mood or is he not in a good mood? Uh, is he happy or is he mad? In other words, there's no wide range of emotions. I love what former Pittsburgh Steelers, my favorite football team, uh, head coach said, uh, Chuck Knoll, he said, if you want to win, do the ordinary things better than anyone else does and do them day in and day out. If you want to win, do the ordinary things better than anyone else does and do them day in and day out. Consistency. The third thing is, is commendations. If a leader is a great leader who will produce other great leaders, that leader doesn't mind who gets the credit. Of course, we give Jesus all the glory, but we don't mind if the team gets the credit or if another person gets the credit. And we need to give commendations to those that are doing well. The best commendations are public. Uh, don't just thank people, but thank them publicly. It's the example that the Apostle Paul gives us at the end of almost every one of his letters. He publicly commends those who have done great things and who have been a great asset and who are great leaders. And it's important that we do that as well. I love what Harry Truman said. He said, it's amazing what you can accomplish if you do not care who gets the credit. So the first one is, I do it, I model it. The second one is, I choose people to do it with me. I recruit. I choose people to do it with me. I recruit. The secret to success and the secret to living generationally and the secret to living as a multiplier is that we choose people that we can pour into and that we can help develop as leaders. And so you want to know who you're looking for, the potential value. And what that is, that's a gift as a leader that you can look at people and you can see their undeveloped abilities. And I love personally to look at young people and help them become the leader that God created them to be because there's so much untapped potential and there's so much undeveloped abilities. But it's not just true of young people, it's true of all people. The second one is, when you know who you're looking for, you're looking at for positive value. You know, when you find someone that can light up a room, uh, I love when I see someone that is, is high energy or that can light up a room because that's, that's one, someone that you can really pour into and, and they have that positive attitude. And now, if, if people don't, you can help develop a positive attitude but attitude is so critical. You've heard the saying that your attitude determines your altitude. One of the most important things that as a leader or as an individual you can have is the right attitude. The second or the third thing is under knowing who you're looking for is personal value. Have you ever ran into somebody and you're like, boy, I don't know why I love this person, but I love this person and I want to know them for the rest of my life. And I don't know why you see, the kingdom of God is built through relationships. And honestly, anything that lasts and is built well is built relationally. And I believe that as, as a, in my position as a minister of the gospel and as a leader that pours into leaders, I like to get in what I call the divine flow connection with someone else. In other words, God establishes that and you can just sense that. And then the other thing underneath know who you're looking for is production value. Someone that's going to get something done. 
Uh, we talked about it earlier, the hardworking farmer, the good work ethic. In other words, they're not lazy. They're willing to do whatever it is. Those are people you want to pour into. The second thing is not only know who you're looking for, but you want to gather many. And when you gather many, you're going to find the one or you're going to find different ones that are going to be more um, moldable and you're able to develop them more. Some you'll only be able to develop to a point, but others you'll be able to develop even more and they'll develop other leaders as well. We see this system. I'm a big sports fanatic. We see it in sports. If you go to baseball, uh, you've got single A, double A, triple A before people get into the major league. And so you're going to have people that are at different stages that you're going to be able to develop. And sometimes you'll be developing someone that's in a lower, you know, that, that's in single A, and all of a sudden they skip double A and go right to triple A, or they may even go uh, from double A all right up to the major leagues. In other words, they, they develop quicker. The third thing is you want to communicate a vision that people want to join. And that's part of knowing, uh, you know, who you're looking for, gathering many, but also communicating a vision that people want to join. If you have a compelling vision, if you're able to cast the vision as a leader that God created you to be and to cast that vision in a way with clarity, then all of a sudden people will not only see you doing what you're doing, but they'll want to be a part of what you're doing, which brings me to number three, the third step. I do it and they're with me. In other words, I train them. They see you do it. They see me do it. They see us do it. And then we talk them through it. In order to be a great trainer, there's three things that are critical in this stage of I do it, they're with me, I train them. The first is, is that we see people as they could be, not as they are. So many times people see people for their mistakes instead of seeing what they could be and who they could be. What someone has done doesn't need to define who they are and certainly doesn't need to determine their future. A great leader who will produce and develop other great leaders sees people as they could be, not as they are. The second thing is, in order to, I do it, and they are with me, and I train them, is say what you see. Say what you see. We live in an instant feedback culture, and we need to speak into people's life and say what we see. Uh, this is where we become a little prophetic in our effort to train someone. You know, whenever Jesus found Peter, uh, he came to him and he said, you're Peter, but you're, I'm going to, I'm going to build on you. You are, you're this little pebble, but I'm going to use you to be a great leader. In other words, he saw the potential and he spoke it. It's one thing to see it. It's another thing to say what you see. The third thing is, is we need to come up with a strategy, start a development process with them. And what it's going to take is it's going to take time. In order to impact and develop leaders, we have to spend time with those people on a regular basis. There's a lot of ways we can do that. We can read books together. Uh, we can do projects together. Uh, we can take time and pray together. We can study together. Uh, we can spend different days together having them come with us, and we do it, and they're with us. And what it is, it's, it's literally on-the-job training. There's, there's no training like on-the-job training. So, so far, we've had number one, I do it, I model it. Number two, I choose people to do it with me. I recruit people. And number three, I do it, and they're with me. 
I train other people to be leaders. And then number four, they do it. And I love this stage. They do it, and I am with them. And this is where we become a coach. I love coaching. I love helping people, players, individuals rise up and really become who they're created to be, to experience the potential that is in them that becomes a reality. Coach Tom Landry, who was the former coach of the Dallas Cowboys, says a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, who has you see what you don't want to see so you can be who you've always known you could be. In other words, uh, they're going to, as a coach and as a mentor and as a leader who's developing leaders, they're going to do it, but you're going to be right there with them, and you're going to tell them things sometimes they don't want to hear. You're going to show them things sometimes they don't want to see, but the purpose of it is to help them to be who they really want to be. And you're going to help them answer questions like, why do I exist? In other words, vision. Who are they becoming? Growth. What's most important right now? Focus. So they do it, and I'm with them, and I'm coaching them along the way. Number five is uh, they do it, and they're empowered to do it. And that's the place we want to get to is to where they can go and they can do it, and they don't need us to coach them. We may be a fan. We may be there to encourage at times, but they do it. You see, you're never going to have a great church or a great business or a great organization if you don't have the ability not to be the star all the time. And you and I as a leader who are developing leaders are going to need to embrace the fact, we're going to need to embrace the fact that they may not do it right and they will not do it, and I say, quote, as good as or the way that you and I would do it. The truth is, They may, in fact, do it better. This is where it's critical that we encourage creative thinking and we encourage them to be creative in the methods. The vision is there. As you're leading an organization, you have a vision, and, and we don't change the vision, but we change the methods in order to attain the vision. Uh, Jesus was very clear on the mission that he gave and what he wanted to see happen was he wanted to see people's lives transformed by the gospel. And he wanted them to become disciples who would reproduce and make disciples. But the methodology in order to do it, there's so many different ways we see even in his life and his leadership and in the life and leadership of the Apostle Paul. And we should see that in our life and leadership. And as we raise up leaders They're going to do it sometimes a different way than we do it. And as I mentioned earlier, sometimes they're going to do it better than we do it. And we're going to learn from them. And so we need to recognize their contributions and celebrate their victories. And then the final one is number six. They do it. And and this, this is the best of the best. They do it and someone is with them. And the whole process goes over and over again. In other words, They reproduce. We want to create a reproducing culture. Uh, Right now, there's a leadership crisis. There's a leadership shortage. It doesn't matter where you look at. Whether you look in the church, there's a leadership shortage. There's a leadership crisis. Whether you look in the business world, uh, there's a lack of leadership. When you look in the homes, there's a lack of leadership. 
But when we create a leadership culture where we can develop leaders, then we create a reproducing culture. And here's what I challenge, and we're in the midst of this right now at the church that we founded and we pastor, is I'm asking everyone in every position to reproduce themselves. In other words, keep growing in what you're doing, but we want to create a culture of leadership development where when people are leading, they also have brought someone along with them that is doing it with them, that is beside them, that is walking through these steps so that we can reproduce again and again and again and have even greater impact. When it, you see, people are looking for somewhere where they can make a difference. And we want to create a culture where people can make a difference doing something that makes a difference. And we just happen to be doing the most important thing to make a difference with people who are making a difference at a time when it's making a difference. Now I want to close out this episode by looking at one other time, uh, one of many times, but where the Apostle Paul shares about leadership development and creating a culture of leadership development. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, and we see that the instructions actually came from Jesus Christ. It talks about in Ephesians 4 how that Jesus ascended on high, and he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts to men. And then it goes on and it says in verse 11 of Ephesians 4, He himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Why did he give all these leadership gifts to the body of Christ? Well, it tells us, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to unity of the faith. In other words, the word here equipping and the word here uh, not only equipping but the idea of edifying. These are two key words. The word equipping has two meanings. It's the idea of mending. When they would, when they would mend the nets, they would make them stronger, more secure. In other words, they, it would make their fishing more successful. And the idea of mending is that as leaders developing a leadership development culture, we need to develop a culture where people can come in and they can be put back together because many people, well, truthfully, all of us have been broken and we need to be put back together. And when God puts us back together and when we create a leadership development culture where he is doing that, then healing takes place and we're stronger than we were before. The second meaning of the word equip there is to prepare. It's the idea of training, of militant training. So not only do we create a culture where people heal and are made whole, but we create a culture where they are trained to go out and they're trained to go out and lead and they're trained to go out and help raise up other leaders. And then the word edify literally means to increase the potential of someone else. In other words, to help someone become who they were created to be. And that's what this podcast is all about. And so I want to challenge you uh, to take this episode and look over it individually and look at each area and grade yourself how you're doing. And, and the whole purpose is, is so we can improve. What am I doing well? Where can I improve? And how can I get better? What area do I need to focus on? Remember, three characteristics of leaders who develop leaders. The soldier who's resilient, focused, 
the athlete who competes according to the rules, a person of integrity, and the hardworking farmer who has a work ethic that is willing to do whatever it takes and work as hard as they can to make sure that it happens. And then six steps to creating a culture of leadership development. Let me go through them quickly one more time. I do it. In other words, we're a model. Don't ask people to do what you're not willing to do and haven't done yourself. Number two, I choose people to do it with me. I recruit individuals. And it's key that we recruit the right individuals. Number three is I do it and they're with me. In other words, I train them. They see you and I do it and then we talk them through what we're doing. And we talked about what it means to be a great trainer. Number four is they do it and I'm with them and I'm coaching them. And so I'm there to coach them. I'm there to help them. Number five is they do it. And now we have empowered them as a leader to step out and to do it. And we've become a leader that multiplies. We become a multiplier. And then number six, they do it and someone else is doing it with them. Someone else is there with them going back through all of the steps again. And what happens is when we do this, we have created a reproducing culture. We have created a culture of leadership development. Uh, remember what Dr. John Maxwell says, a leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. Thank you for listening to the Larry Crawford Leadership Podcast. For more information or to download the leader guide for this episode, you can go to our website, larrycrawford.live. To get in touch with us, send us an email at leadership at larrycrawford.live. Oh, 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 oh,